This is subversity, the public affairs show that penetrates the orange curtain, smashes conventional norms, and transgresses more and more boundaries each week here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Orange County. The opinions and views expressed in this program by no means reflect those of UCI, its staff, or the Board of Regents of the University of California. Hi, welcome to Subversity here on KCI 88.9 FM. Uh, today we're going to look at, uh, talk to with a new author, an author of a new book that's just come out. Uh, Justin? Yes. Hi, can you hear? Yeah, hi. Oh, great, hi. Uh, yeah, uh, Justin Chin is on the phone with us from San Francisco, and uh, he is the author of a new book of essays called Mongrel uh, from St. Martin's Press. Why that title? You have this uh, fascination <laughs> with uh, with dogs. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I oh, what did I? How did I come up with that title? I I kind of like the idea of um, of the mongrel sort of being, you know, not what, not purebred, you know, sort of something just oh, I see, yeah. outside of of the norms of, of ideas of purity, of ideas of being real or authentic, uh -huh, you know. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So, um, you know. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize you were a journalist originally. You were intended to be a journalist originally, huh? Yeah, that was just a way of, of pulling the wool over my parents' eyes. <laughs> but do, it was, I mean, do they really think of journalism as an honorable profession? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, really? the, huh. it was one of the things that, you know, a good uh, you know, Chinese boy could do in the arts. It was really? one of those jobs that could, one of those um, jobs and you know that could lead to jobs. One of those majors that could lead to a job, <laughs> a real job. I mean, because I don't know in Hong Kong people kind of look down on reporters. Maybe yeah, they, yeah. And I guess also because um, you know growing up where I did, um, that the press is so controlled by the by the government. You know. Um, that wasn't really considered a safe job. Oh, I see. Right. You know, right. But then when Dangerous. you're in journalism, you can go into things like PR and advertising, you know, where you could get oh, that's a true. real job. So what what do they think? You Now you're a performance artist also. Uh, I've been a performance artist for a long time, yeah. And do they um, like that? Well, what they've folks? never seen the work, so it's <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I look back on your earlier work, too, and maybe we can talk about that also, A yeah. Bite Hard. Yeah, Mongrel was actually my second book. Um, the first book was called Bite Hard, and it was a book of poetry. And um, Mongrel is a book of es um, the subtitle for Mongrel is Essays, Diatribes, and Pranks, which is basically what it is. And um, and had you you had published some of those in in uh, different publications? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, you know, I I read a couple of things uh, today uh, from your earlier work too, and uh, there seems to be a growing theme there from both uh, your poetry and your your writings uh, that you're kind of sick of the traditional kind of uh, focus of uh, say Asian writers who talk about you know uh, you know white versus Asian and all these dichotomies that seem 
that you're trying to, in a way, you're trying to deconstruct <laughs> these old categories of looking at things that they're bipolar kind of oppositions. Um, well, you know, I think it, it, that that has been done a lot in the past, and I didn't feel like I needed to contribute to that discourse. That I could sort of go off in some different direction from that as well. Yeah. That you know that people, a lot of writers and academics have already done that work, so I so I need not do it again. You know, it's just a way of sort of pushing you know different kinds of issues and tying it in, into what we consider you know Asian American issues. But you're also a different generation from the yes, people that have gone through you know the traditional, mm -hmm. um, you know, being bo uh, grown up here, growing up here and stuff, and you grew up in Asia. Yes. In um, in Malaysia and and Singapore, yeah. Singapore, uh, and so you do you feel that there's a whole new uh, is Asian American studies, uh, I guess in particular, is that addressing that this whole new kind of transnationalism and mm, you know I've not I haven't been like very that much involved in like Asian American studies and in, in, in a long time I have no idea what they're right. teaching these days I wonder I I certainly hope that they're you know sort of looking uh, you know, at a, at a sort of more of this, uh, you know, Pan-Asian, you know, at the diaspora a little bit more and looking at how, you know, identities and things have changed, which is not to say that a lot of, you know, the old, the old stuff isn't still happening, you know. With, with, uh, right. So. In, in terms of uh, a couple of essays you wrote about, I, I, I remember reading a piece about this uh, Asian, Mr. Asian. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And you had published that in the Gay Guardian, a Gay Bay Guardian, a Gay, yes. Bay Guardian. Uh, I got so much flack for that. <laughs> and you were basically parodying what was going on. Uh, this was actually a hetero thing, wasn't it? It was a very heterosexual pageant. Although the winner was uh, was a gay guy, right? Well, it wasn't. We, I think, some of us knew that he was, but he wasn't like outwardly gay. Um, you know. And he wrote to complain about your your write up. Yeah, well, I'm sure he had to. <laughs> because you were uh, you were uh, crit critiquing the over masculinity, uh, masculinizing of the event, or the ma machismo in the in the way that they were portrayed. one of the critiques, and yeah. know, one of the other critiques was, was um, you know, this whole just whole display of of you know what they considered to be, I guess, authentic Asianness. Yeah, you know, it was just it was just such a it was just such a campy event, and you know that I didn't think anyone really took it that seriously, and obviously they did. And oh man, that was that was so bad. <laughs> what year, what, what year was um, that? I remember. I think in the aftermath of that, like people had like written graffiti about me on like you know, really? bathroom walls at the state. Became famous. What year was that? I think that was ninety. And yeah. um, do they? Is it an annual event? Well, I think if they had it in '98, the one invited me. <laughs> <laughs> but was it a money thing? I mean, were they trying to raise money for some businesses, or what, what was it? What? Or was it just a commercial thing? It or? was. Oh God, maybe I shouldn't. We shouldn't be talking about it that much. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's not talk about it. Though. Okay, we can change the topic. <laughs> Do you, I mean, in terms of writing, um, do you prefer writing essays to poetry, or, or or like doing both? I like doing them both. Um, you know, I think 
at some point you sort of realize what you have to say takes different forms. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it becomes what it's, it's supposed to become. You write a lot about uh, Bangkok uh, <laughs> or Thailand, or at least a couple of essays there that I noticed mm -hmm. about um, uh, sex tourism. And yeah, that was because yeah. the uh, Progressive magazine had actually sent me to uh, Bangkok to very specifically to write about it. And um, you were critiquing the way. Um, I mean, what did you what 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 argument were you trying to make there, or what analysis? I think for the longest time we were always told that you know sex tourism is bad and that you know the sex that you know these these uh, Thai go go boys were being exploited and you know there were all these evil white men that were coming in and sort of preying on them and um, to a certain degree it's it's true and to a certain degree it, it kind of isn't as well. Um, but you know, if you look at yeah, if you look at like Macho Dancer, mm -hmm. you know that film. Yes. Um, most of the, I mean, the people, the patrons of that mm -hmm. uh, that uh, nightclub, or those nightclubs were mostly local people. Mm -hmm. They weren't, um, you know. Yeah, and I think in in the in the piece that I say too, that there are a lot of um, Asian sex tourists too, but you know, nobody ever sort of looks at them very much. You know, they always look at the the evil white person, you know, so it, it's that I wanted to make a point that it wasn't as simplistic as, you know, good people and bad people, and that also sometimes we use um, the heterosexual model and just sort of slap it onto the the, um, the gay model and, you know, hope that it works, but, you know, it, it doesn't always work like that. Yeah, because you, I, I remember reading that you mentioned that, um, that some of the, these so-called uh, predators uh, actually did give money to help people in those areas, mm -hmm. uh, to send them to school, whatever, you know, give money to yeah. support their, their living conditions. But at the same time, you know, does it make it right? Does it make it wrong? And then, you know, then again, who, are, who am I to say, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I just read a piece, and I think it was in either New Statesman or, or New Internationalist, it's one of the British papers that cover, you know, politics and yeah. the development. And they, they actually said that, you know, the West now is uh, sponsoring all this legislation against sex tourism, against, you know, and... Nobody actually, in in a, in a way, they're punishing the people that are doing this. So it's like an individual kind of solution. Mm -hmm. They're attacking individuals for being bad people for going there to have sex. Like you quote Senator Kennedy for saying that you know these this will you know put a stop to, um, you know people Americans who go abroad to have sex with people underage. Yeah. Uh, even though it's you know, uh, it's legal over there. But the um, I don't think it's what, that legal over there. Well, it depends. Yeah, I mean, prostitution probably isn't, but uh, but it's uh, at least above the age of consent, maybe, and yeah. uh, even though people look young. But but the, anyway, the point of this article was to say that the West is uh, becoming very moralistic in its foreign policy and trying to uh, pressure uh, uh, third world countries, uh, like threaten to withhold aid if they don't crack down on prostitution. But uh, nobody cares about giving jobs to these kids. You know, or improving the economy, they just want to make money out of it. And so, but then again, at the same time, I mean, you know, um, you know, what kind of economy is it if it's just you know catering to to a sex industry only? I mean, there has to be other alternatives as well. Right, but I the mean, foreign policy doesn't deal with it. I mean, yeah. American government will very readily pass a law, you know, uh, criminalizing but, sex, but they don't care about all these, you know, Nike going over there and mm -hmm. you know, paying substandard yeah. wages. Uh, to every, also, uh, low wages to people. And at the same time, you know, there are clearly things that are wrong, you know. Right, there is. I mean, there's there clearly child, child abuse, there's clearly, child, you know, exploitation of children in sex industry, and that is, like, so clearly wrong, 
you know, no matter how much money you're given, how much money, you know, kids are given to do these things, you know, how much, how poor they are. I mean, just because you can't do it in your home, in your own backyard, that you just think that you can, you know, hop on an airline and go over there and, and do it. How about when you were growing up over there, uh, you, you write about uh, coming out, or so-called coming out, <laughs> being attracted to some uh, classmate, I guess, in high school mm-hmm. in Singapore. And uh, how old were you when you first had sex? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> You're not that old. Um, I was like 12. Ugh. 12? Mm-hmm. Huh. So do you think the age of consent is too high for people? I mean, for American? Or what for is the age of consent? It's 16, isn't it? Well, in California, it's actually 18. Is it? Um, but uh, in other well, states, it's 16. I think 16. it's 16 if you're, if you're having sex with someone who's under, like, 18 or 21 or something. I no, no, it's 18 in California. It's definitely 18 is it? in California. Is it that and, for heterosexuals, yeah. too? Yeah. And, well, I mean, they can get... Uh, if you're getting married, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's 16 in, say, Pennsylvania, I think. Maybe yeah. 13 in New Mexico or something. Well, as long as the age of consent is the same for heterosexuals. <laughs> but it's very high. I mean, it's very low in, in some states and very high in mm-hmm. other states. So it, there's no uniformity. In England, they're trying to lower it to 16. But, you know, it's that, you know, for gays, kids who have yeah. sex no matter what. That's true, yeah. They don't even know Different the people will come to it in different points, you know? Yeah. Um, and you wrote, you wrote about that first experience with yeah, this older that, you know, that guy. education is suddenly a lot more important than trying to figure out what age they should have sex, that right. when they decide to do it, they should be able to be informed and know what the hell they're getting into. Do you think like Singapore is totally repressive now, or what? I mean, it seems like um, they've cracked down on the on the you know transgendered uh, community and um, you know that street, that uh, yeah, Bugis Street, uh, Bugis Street, yeah, is no longer there, right? Uh, well, it's still there. What they did was they sort of basically remodeled it into, you know, kind of like a tourist yeah. attraction with, you know, uh, government-approved transsexuals. <laughs> government-approved. <laughs> How do they approve them? They go to a, oh, who knows? a clinic. Or but, something. you know, it's, it's, they still have kind of a, you know, I mean, it's still there. Yeah. Um, but uh, did you like that movie that came out, Boogie Street? Boogie Street, yeah, it was a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I enjoyed it. It was it was very entertaining, you know. I mean, it's, you seem to be part of the group that's been, uh, you know, like I put you as part of the people that, for instance, that are putting out uh, the Hong Hong Nguyen mm-hmm. and uh, another performance artist that you've worked with. Yes. And also, but you're the same generation, I would think, as mm-hmm. uh, Chris Chan Lee and um, and Quentin Lee, who yeah. put out these new films. Um, you know, uh, what do you call them, yellow and also uh, looking for fangs. Yes. And a kind of a new way of looking at uh, kind of Asian American identity or uh, stuff like that. Uh, I think Quentin and Hung uh, both weren't born in the U.S. either, right? And I don't know right. about Justin Lin who did Shopping for Fangs. Um, so I don't know. I, mean, I think, uh, you know, it's just very, it's a really good time now. There's a lot of, you know, Asian-American artists and Asian artists in the country who are, who are just doing a really wide range of work. Do you, is there a ch- uh, risk of being tokenized or being kind of, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, absorbed by the mainstream culture and being uh, co-opted, I mean? 
What do you mean by co-opted? What do you mean at all? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, somebody could give you a lot of money and publish you. Uh, and, oh, you know. gosh, I wish they would give me a lot of money. <laughs> Are you getting a lot of advance for this? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm actually interested. I'm surprised that St. Martin's, uh, it's part of a series called um, Stonewall Classics, right? Stonewall Inn Editions, yeah. In, in new editions, Stonewall. Stonewall Inn Editions, yeah. yeah. And I thought they were publishing mostly novels, but they are actually, um, is this the first series of essays they're it's publishing? An imprint, um, it's an imprint of uh, St. Martin's. And right. what imprints are able to do is that they are able to, uh, you know, do smaller numbers, you know, they're able to do more more targeted marketing. Yeah. Um, they've done a lot of different, um, they've done a lot of essays. They did, you know, both oh, actually. Harry Osborne, they've done... Uh, yeah, actually they did uh, Aaron Frick's uh, book about his father. Yeah. Uh, Aaron was a kid that took his uh, boyfriend to, or friend to the prom. Yeah. Uh, they do a, a wide range of uh, very different books, some really interesting books. By, and they've been around for a while. Um, They've done a lot of work by, you know, very pioneering gay writers like uh, Felice Picano and right. uh, Mark Thompson and, you know, Paul Manette, so. How did you get uh, into this? I mean, uh, did you have an agent? Or how did no, no, I never had an agent. <laughs> I need an agent. You need one? Agent, I need more money. <laughs> um, you just, it was just a, a pleasure yeah, thing. It was this um, other press who shall go unnamed, who shall go nameless for the moment. Um, okay. had asked me for a project and a gay press or a straight press. It was a gay press. Oh, okay. Let's um, not name them. <laughs> <laughs> um, they don't deserve. I it. had. Um, I've been writing a lot of these essays that were like in magazines and other people's anthologies and books and right. doing these journalism stuff for a while and I thought it would be a good idea to collect all of them because people kept asking me about, you know, copies about yeah, copies and, and things like that. Um, Sounds like me. <laughs> so I collect, <laughs> I copies. Yeah, I collected all of them and I sent them to this press and they, you know, said they were interested and then, you know, one day they just said, no, we can't do it, we don't really think it's not going to work and etc etc and um did they give a reason was it because uh you're asian or what, or what no they just didn't think it was they kind of wanted it to be modeled after um i think edmund white's more of like travel a uh, travel travel travelogues yeah i see yeah. um and so what happened was that i think word just got around that there was this manuscript and then uh the folks at st martin's called me so it's one of those um you know good revenge stories <laughs> That's great. Are they uh, putting you on a national tour or something? <laughs> um, a little bit. I'm I'm trying to, you know, because I have um, I'm trying to balance out my performance art life with my book touring life. Right. And while trying to still write and do new work. Any reviews come in yet? Or it just came uh, out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it just came out. I think like you know, Publishers Weekly and uh, Library Journal. Um, hmm. How did the other book do? The, that was. I thought did really well. Uh, I'm very pleased with it. It's um, a very kind of a bright cover. <laughs> yeah, people either really love the cover or really hate the cover. I actually like it, and it's a the, green, the green designer face. who, the person who designed that cover, won a number of awards for it. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, he won, won awards. Huh. He won, I think, a couple of awards for it, and it's on a it's on a traveling exhibition of 50 book covers. You know. Wow. Huh. Uh, which is going around the country. So. It's, it's a Manic Press is a poetry press? Or? Manic D Press, they Manic do a D, lot yeah. of different kinds of books. They do a lot of, um, 
they do some poetry, they do a lot of fiction, uh, they do comics, they do uh, guidebooks, they have this thing called the Underground Guides, it's Los Angeles coming out. Oh yeah, uh, they did one to San Francisco. They did one to San Francisco, they have this yeah. book called The Sofa Surfing Guide to, uh, you know, huh. how oh. to be creatively homeless. Um, so with these, usually they do really small press runs or what? Oh. Um, they have the ability to reprint. Yeah, reprint, um, yeah. You know, oh, cool. but, um, they, do, they do really great books, uh, you know, kind of edgy, they're, they're willing to take uh, risks with new writers. Oh yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is very nice, you know, the world of publishing these days is, you know. <laughs> Did you ever they have good distribution, which is... Oh, that's the important thing, thing yeah. Did you ever want to do it on your own, like self-publish or... It sort of crossed my mind, but I'm just too lazy to do it. Yeah. You know, you know how difficult PageMaker and Quark Express can be. Yeah, I'm thinking of getting PageMaker, but I haven't yet. But no, I played Quark. with it before. Yeah. Get Quark. It's a Quark. lot easier. But um, I've helped my friends self-publish their books, but you know, to do it myself, it's just so much work, and I'm just really lazy. I'd rather be watching TV or something. Yeah. How about putting it? You don't want to just put it up on the web, huh? All your essays. Not really. I'm not. I I I do surf the web a lot, but I. Right. It's hard for me to read something on the web. I have to really download it. I cannot read things like on the computer. I print it out all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. And yeah. also, you know, I, I I tend to be. You know, I mean, I do have some stuff on the web that I contribute to people's magazines and e-zines. So. So what uh, what years did this uh, span? This collection of uh, essays and mongrel, essays, diatribes, and pranks. Uh, let's see. It's probably from maybe like early '90s, maybe about '90, '94 through like about '97. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. And do you f uh, were you writing this mainly for what audience were you writing it for? Or was it just for yourself? <laughs> they were very general audiences. <laughs> oh, uh huh. I mean, something like the progressive goes out. You know, it's right. You know, it goes out to everybody, whoever subscribes, and it goes to all the newsstands. Um, and the uh, the other ones. Oh, the big Guardian thing yeah, is, you know, online, so anyone can access it. That um, was uh, that essay was for the online version, huh? Yes. Of, uh -huh. Why do they do that? Why don't they publish everything? They or print everything? Well, because they don't have enough space in their paper, you know. Oh, <laughs> I see. And I wonder uh, if they have more. More people reading the online than the paper. Well, also the online thing lasts a little longer because it's archived. Yeah, it's there. Mm -hmm. That's true. And uh, you know, a lot of these things were just written for um, people's anthologies. You know, like right. Raffo had this anthology called Queerly Classed. Uh, oh yeah. You know, and uh, you have a piece in the new anthology, a Q and A that. Uh, yeah, it's also in out. the book, but um, right. a different version because you know different editors get their hands on it. <laughs> <laughs> and they have like different questions and concerns. Like some editors will let you know whole paragraphs of of things go, and some editors, you know, just don't want it in. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I actually, I, the other day, I think I interviewed somebody who said that he was sick of editors, so <laughs> he ended up just doing his own stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, a good editor is, is great. You know. Yeah, that's true. I, I've always had for this book and for um, you know a lot of things I've done. I've had really good editors who really spot things, you know, uh -huh, uh -huh. really question things that that should be questioned, you know, where I'm really unclear or where I contradict myself or where, um, where just things are just so completely unclear because sometimes when I, I hit a, a difficult spot, I just get really poetic <laughs> 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 and hope that, you know, people would notice. Do you, um, 
do you see yourself? How do you identify yourself as a, as a gay Asian or as queer Asian? Or I mean, what terms would you use? Or not? Or some other term? How, how would you see? Exhausted. Exhausted <laughs> Asian. Um, <laughs> I you know I don't really bother with that. Yeah. You know, Legos. It's 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 useful and it isn't at the same time. I mean, yeah, I'm gay. Yeah, I'm Asian. You know, then again, uh, I'm mostly Asian when I'm in when I'm in the U.S. Right. Because when I'm back in Singapore, I'm Chinese, or I'm Malaysian, or when I'm in Malaysia, I'm in, uh, I'm still Chinese. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, and I'm still gay, and you know, it doesn't really mean anything. It well, it does and it doesn't. It's like you know, if you call yourself gay and you're not, what does that mean? If you you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, you have a. I think there was a, uh, you write about uh, sex ads or something, uh, contact ads, personal ads in the paper, or was that online or something? Yes, ch didn't you write a little bit about um, people who put ads in the paper? Or oh, uh, phone sex, I guess it was phone sex more. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think of this whole thing about uh, Clinton? I guess we should talk about him, I suppose, since today he's, he's giving the State of the Union, but he's not oh, talking yeah. about the State oh, yeah. of the Sexual Union. The Sexual State of the Union, <laughs> which he should, which uh, Susie Bright did actually wrote a book called yes. The Sexual State mm -hmm. of the Union, uh, but maybe Clinton tonight will uh, allude to that. Oh, are we missing it on TV right now? <laughs> uh, I don't know what time. Oh, yeah, it's probably 8:30 in DC. Probably already. Oh yeah, so. it's probably happening right now. Yeah, we're missing it. But you know, I was interested in the you know this whole fascination. You know, state seems so upset with all sex mm -hmm. in the Oval Office and <laughs> and. I, I, it brings back when um, Deep Throat came out, that movie. Uh, that was actually the first time that straights paid a lot of attention to oral sex. <laughs> we didn't know I was probably like two or something. Yeah, and I, I remember going to it. I was in college and I got, uh, I, uh, grad school, and I got carded for going to it even, to a uh, place in Ypsilanti. Uh, I got bored with it. I mean, the you know, it took a long time, I guess, to get things done. I guess it's the early porn day, you know. Yeah, it was a very, you know, long figuratively, the experimental yeah. stages. figuratively and temporally. It was no, very long. In deep throat, I have to go around to it. Yeah, and of course, uh, Linda Lovedays uh, later on, uh, you know, became the victim, you know, and uh, claimed that. the ending for me. Oh, yeah. No, 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 I mean, in, in real life, in real life, in real life said she was forced to do all this stuff. So, who knows? Um, but, I mean... Uh, I've had guests on this show before. Uh, somebody called uh, uh, Brenda Lowe, who published a zine called Idos. It's a sex zine, actually. Oh, cool. And she, she argued for uh, Clinton's uh, uh, sexual rights, that, mm -hmm. she has a, uh, that he has a right yeah. to sexual freedom in the White House. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, what do you think of all this? Or do you think it's irrelevant to us? Or what? Oh, jeez. Um... You know, it's 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 become. I can I can appreciate it from the angle that I can appreciate it as the fast fast it it has become. Um, you know, I certainly hope they don't remove him from office. Um, you know, I certainly had supported yeah. him. Um, and then again, I think they're always trying to make the point that it wasn't about really about the sex, it was about lying about the sex, and you know, so yeah, just you know. Well, it's just so ironic that I think he should be impeached for other things, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> for bombing Iraq or something. To be but. impeached for this is just so sad when, when you know, 
um, you know, Ronald Reagan got off from running guns too, you know. Right, that's true. Yeah. And so many people have gotten away with so much more. That's true. So, um, but of course, you know, the uh, the Star Report was yeah such fun reading. Yeah, I actually read the footnotes. Did you read the footnotes to the? Yeah, the good part was I think when they published it in the New York Times, they had like yeah, yeah. they had the heading, so you could just go to the good bits. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I actually found a footnote in one of the, in, either in the Times, or in, and then I look, found it in the book, too, of course. And there's actually a, a footnote in which Ken Starrett says that they engage in oral, uh, or, what, uh, ano or something, oral ano intimacy. Oh. Whatever that is. Oh, I don't know who did what to whom. <laughs> God, you're such a librarian, going straight to the footnotes. <laughs> I want to make sure it's documented. <laughs> I always try to get my students to write footnotes, but they don't always do that. It's really difficult to do it because if you don't know the computer key, key commands for it. Oh yeah. yeah, but they could put it as endnotes, I guess. Oh yeah. yeah. I always yeah yeah that's true. It doesn't look as good. Yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, you know I haven't met you, I haven't seen you since what nineteen ninety one or something huh. Yeah. The last time I saw you was in uh, Outright Conference mm -hmm. in, in Boston, I think. Yeah. Or San Francisco, Boston? Yeah. A while back, yeah. Boston, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I remember then you had uh, uh, colored, uh, pretty colors in your hair. Yeah. <laughs> or a nice color in your hair. <laughs> what, really, what? I think my hair was blue at that time or something. Yeah. Occasionally yeah. I go through that little phase. Transformation. What, what do you look like now? I mean, what color <laughs> are you now? <laughs> Such a weird question, man. I'm pretty normal looking. Huh. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that's how I usually look. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> the um, Actually, I should uh, read this disclaimer again, I guess. Uh, okay. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Uh, the opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the uh, management or the regions of the University of California uh, management of this station, um, but those, uh, but on only those of the speakers. <laughs> um, we can actually, people can actually write in or call in. Uh, the number here is 949-824-5824. Uh, we're talking with Justin Chin, who's the author of a new book called Mongrel uh, from St. Martin's Press, 824-5824, Erico 949. Or you can email us at subversity at kuci.org. Um, this is also webcast, uh, so if you hear us anywhere else in the world, whatever, <laughs> let us know. Um, do you see yourself as uh, as a uh, kind of a crossing certain boundaries? I mean, are you a crossover writer? I mean, they, people always say, you know, some people think that Asians are, can only write for other Asians, right? Oh, geez. Um... I don't think, I think um, a lot of us just write, you know, and Asian readers will, will, read, will approach the work in a different way than non-Asian readers. Yeah. You know, yeah. you bring what you have when you, when you approach a work. So, um, you know, I write for anyone who wants to read, and um, certainly for Bright Heart, most of my, you know, most of the readership of that was, um, was, um, you know, prim you know, primarily straight and primarily non-Asian. Um, so that was always kind of interesting. Do you try to, uh, I mean, how about censorship? And I mean, have you had trouble? I mean, you talk about uh, pretty explicit sex stuff, and mm -hmm. do you f do you try to tone it down or not? You don't care? <laughs> uh, I don't 
I don't think it's gratuitous in any way in the first place. So, you know, I don't have a problem with that, you know, with writing about it. Uh, I mean, if I wanted to write something, you know, really freaky, I could, but, you know, what's the point? I don't derive any satisfaction from it, you know, artistic or political. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the gratuitousness, I mean, the graphicness of, of the uh, work is, has a point, um, you know, and I can pretty much defend anything that's in the books. Um, so, as far as censorship goes, I don't think anyone, uh, no one has ever asked me not to do anything, so that's been pretty nice. <laughs> How about when they were editing this work, uh, Mongrel, did they, um, were there things they wanted taken out or not? No. Oh, no. No, they were very good about it, and, you know, it, it was, certainly wasn't as graphic as, as some of the things in Bite Heart, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, actually, your poetry is pretty graphic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The fun, the fun thing was, I think, in the library journal review of Mongrel, uh, the last line it said it was recommended for gay studies collections. Gay studies. That was very interesting because you know that it was recommended for gay studies collections and not Asian American studies collections. And not for the children's collection. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> huh. That's interesting. It, like, you know, she could have very easily have said recommended for gay studies collections and Asian American studies collections. That would have been... Yeah, yeah, that would be... Sense, but, you know, order. maybe Asian Americans don't want to deal with these things. I don't know. Was it an Asian writer, do you know? Uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, huh. Oh, that's surprising then, yeah. Maybe you're too far out for the... You know, although I think if you've gone to some of these recent Asian American studies conferences, they've been pretty, you know, different, I guess. There's a lot more cultural studies types. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been a really big um, yeah. big boom in that lately. Yeah. Uh, you, you actually have a little bit of fun talking about uh, deconstruction, about Derrida and stuff, I guess, in some of your poetry, I think. At least <laughs> I remember reading something from Bite Hard. Uh, do you remember that? No, I don't. Well, <laughs> oh, I think you were just making, f I don't know, something. I wish I could find it right here. Uh, maybe I can. I should have asked you to read something. Oh, well, but, you know, FCC regulations, I don't think I could really read anything. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was I was going to paraphrase. Oops. Uh, but, uh, well, that's a good recommendation for the book, I suppose. Um, something you can't read on the air. <laughs> Do you, well, every uh, time it comes to, you know, one of those, those um, words, I could just sort of substitute the word turnip for it or something. Yeah. Did you, did you read my piece about a uh, carrot? Was, yeah, about did you see, read Evan read my piece about uh, online sex? Oh no no. Um, which we, we talk about actually. It's about cyber sex and ah. it was, and then there was a, using a carrot as a as a dildo actually. But anyway, so that was my contribution. Was that was my contribution <laughs> <laughs> to the cause. Um, do you see? How do you see your? I mean, are you doing a lot of performance art stuff now? next year, this next year? I'm coming back to it uh, a little bit more. I'm doing uh, a, a new work at uh, the Asian Art Museum here in, in March, and I'm doing oh. that show in Highways in Santa Monica. In, oh, really? Uh, in, I think May 2nd, I believe. May 2nd, huh? Yeah, it's called Advice for Tragic Queens at Home and Abroad. So huh. Is that a, a solo? Yeah, Hood and Holler. Huh? Is that a solo performance? It is, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that's at uh, that's at uh, that's at uh, as uh, that's at uh, highways, which is in uh, Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. that's in I think May 
What's, oh, Wemo. <laughs> what's the address there? Uh, I have I was, no idea. Can't remember. I think it's on 17th Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it's the 17th Street complex. Sounds familiar. I'm like my grandmother. I don't know. If, I don't have like no addresses of things. I just know where things are. <laughs> like the good dim sum shop is behind the bus stop. <laughs> you know how to get there, yeah. Yeah, I just know how to get there. I just know where things are. It's a block down from the San Rio store and behind the bus stop, and there's a picture of a thumb in the window. <laughs> how I tell people to get to things. You, you did. Uh, you did this thing with Hong Nguyen uh, mm-hmm. at uh, what was that called? I can't remember. Oh, uh, it was called cockfight. Oh yeah, and um, was that a a hard thing to do or an easy thing? Uh, it was. Um, it was easy and hard at the same time. I mean, it was it was very enjoyable. I mean, I really enjoy Hong. Uh, and yeah. Working with him, our aesthetics are very different. Our training is very different. Um, you know, our sort of. Um, you know, our sort of insights are very different, and so you know that made working with him a lot, a lot of fun actually. Huh. Yeah. Did you go get formal training as an artist, or you went? Did you go? No, I went no. to journalism school. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, for what it's worth, that's teaches some... you how to write at a computer, which is a good skill. That's a and art, I suppose. You, you know, type like fifty words a minute. Huh. Um, you went at U of Hawaii, was that? I started off at U of Hawaii and Manoa, and then I transferred to San Francisco State. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and um, so it was all, how did, did you get interest in performance stuff then? Um, were you acting as a kid <laughs> when you were growing up? Were you putting on shows? I for your did friends? a little bit of acting in like school, but you know, it wasn't, I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So I, I uh, you know, but I enjoyed it. Um, I think I, I ended up in performance because I, uh, I initially started out as a way of getting work out there because um, publishing is just, you know, such a long, arduous process. Yeah. That uh, by the time you actually get a work published, you know, when, you, when you're first starting out, by the time you get a work published, you're so over it. Yeah. Um, it's it's really hard, yeah. Yeah, you keep standing out and you keep getting rejections and you do little things to help yourself stay sane as a writer and as an artist. And so for me that was performance and then it sort of started taking off a life of its own and I you know, realized that it, it could be this other thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you've gotten a lot of grants, I mean uh oh, a few yeah. here and there. Yeah, yeah. Do you and what kind of audiences do you like the best? Uh, paying one. Paying <laughs> one. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> How about I think a lot of times too, you know, I mean, um, especially within the community, you know, we're always asked to give our work away, you know, to do these things for free. Give me free tickets to get to your show, huh? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we're always asked, you know, as artists and as writers to give things away, and it's, it's kind of, um, you know, it's a little bit of a problem. You know, uh-huh. we don't... We don't go to the doctor or the dentist and, you know, ask them to contribute, yeah. you know, because you're part of the community. But why do we ask artists to do that all the time? Yeah, artists are exploited. <laughs> well, I did buy your first book, although this one I got a free copy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, then it evens out. <laughs> I, I actually, you just buy, like, 60 copies for the library. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. I mean, that's not my money, but, yeah. <laughs> but I can, um, usually I try to actually buy I, you know, when you get a free copy, you feel obligated to review it, yeah. or at least do a radio show about it. <laughs> so if you buy it, you can just pretend you didn't even know the guy. <laughs> but uh, 
Do you like doing? Have you done other radio interviews? Um, I did one. I did a radio interview with this radio station in Las Vegas last <laughs> really? year. Huh. So. So did people call in? Uh, I don't think so. No. Yeah. He just yacked it up with the with the DJs. Yeah, I should get the phone number again. Nine four nine eight two four five eight two four. Uh, we're talking, this is Subversity here on KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We're talking with uh, Justin Chin, who's the author of a new book of essays, uh, Diatribes and Pranks, called Mongrel uh, at your bookstores. Uh, it's uh, from St. Martin's Press. Um, what story did you like the best of that collection? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> I like a lot of different ones for different reasons. I guess you change, huh? I mean, do you look back at stuff you've written and say, oh my God, how could I write that? Uh, uh, not really. Not really? I still, yeah. I think I, I, I look back and I sort of know when it was written. Yeah. But then you can't always, you know, run around telling people that. It's like, that was yeah. written then, and I was thinking that then. Um, you know, hopefully this, you know, this will stay kind of as it is for a while. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of writing about politics and, and social yeah. issues. Things change, you know, circumstances change. Yeah. So, you know, the books sort of, these kind of books, you know, maybe will age gracefully, maybe they won't. Um, yeah, it's hard to tell whether it's marketable because, you know, I've always thought of putting out essays and then, because I write a lot of news stories too, yeah. and news stories are not really essays, they're more, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, they're more... Oh, it's very marketable, Dan. It's very marketable. Well, I don't know, gay <laughs> stuff is in now. I mean, gay Asian stuff is kind of, we're kind of a commodity right now. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're saleable, and uh, all these rice queens not will go out. really. And, and you don't think rice queens will go out and buy it? Not really, no. I think there's a, yeah. a, a lot of books written by gay Asians out now that uh, a lot of gay Asians are buying. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's a, important for that. And, you know, a certain segment of, of uh, you know, the white people would actually buy it too. Um, then there's a whole section of people of color who actually are interested in, you know, sort of these cross yeah. um, things. So, um, Do you like uh, Shirley Lim's work? Uh, do you read her stuff? You know uh, her? I read, like, some of the poetry. Yeah. Uh -huh. She's uh, done an actual autobiography. Like oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And she went back to Malaysia, mm -hmm. Malacca or somewhere, and she was worried about the reaction. She came to speak here at UCI, and we actually played, I don't know if I played on this show, or it's, uh, there was an Asian American show on KCI, and then uh, Bridges, and they played uh, the, the interview, uh, the talk. Oh, cool. And <clears throat> she, uh, she had written stuff about the Malaysian, you know, whatever, ins uh, insurgency or whatever. And, yeah. Uh, and so she, she went back, and she was a bit worried about the reaction, but everybody was very friendly to her. Oh, uh, well, you know, I think most people usually are. I think they've got bigger, they've got bigger fish than us to, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of stomp on. <laughs> but you know, writers, uh, do you did you go? Uh, do you feel like uh, endangered species here or not? I mean, you think there's enough of a community um, to continue as writing, continue writing, or do you want to just do performance art? Um, I mean, I I primarily am a writer. Oh yeah. Um, you know, performance art, um, at some point I will stop doing because, you know, it's really tiring. <laughs> yeah, you said that a couple of times already, yeah. Yeah, you know, you write a book and then it's just out there and it lives outside of your body, but performance, you actually have to be there. And you um, have to keep doing it. I, yeah, I mean, you're putting on a show, right? Yeah, so um, basically, um, this piece 
that I'm sort of taking around is your advice for tragic queens at home and abroad is um, oh, yeah. probably the last one I'm going to do because um, oh. I don't really have any things you know in my mind to do any other shows. Huh. Um, do people videotape your performances, or have you had people who done that? Or? Yeah, I've seen video cameras around. You know, yeah, huh. so completely unauthorized, but <laughs> really? no idea what they're doing with these things. Do you th does that make you feel like a movie star or something? Or? Unfortunately, yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> do they ask for your autograph afterwards? Um, sometimes people do. Then you realize they're there as part of a class assignment, and you need the autograph to prove that they were there. <laughs> <laughs> what a letdown! So they can get oh, like God. you know the extra credit. How about a kiss? They give you a kiss or something. Like that. Um, someone bought me dinner once, which is always a good thing to do. Huh? Yeah, it's a very good restaurant as well. Oh wow! <laughs> tea, tea and sympathy. <laughs> oh, actually, it was Chilean sea bass. That was, oh, that was yeah. so good. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> so that was about it, you know. Huh? No one's ever given me flowers after a performance. No love letters or secret uh, email no, messages. No, this is really horrible, isn't it? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just something about my demeanor that like scares people off or something. Who the you know heck knows? Do you, do they try to write you? I mean, do the people ask for your email? And I've actually you? gotten a couple of fan letters, which is really yeah. nice. You know, uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, and usually it's uh, writing students. You know, people who are just sort of coming into the work as well, and you know they want some advice, and, and I usually write back. And I'm very good about that. Do you think coming out is totally different now? I mean, you know, I mean, we came out in a different country, but do you think people, I mean, it's so much easier. I mean, gay stuff is in the air. All the, it's not, maybe it's not easier, but it's uh, it's a different thing. Huh? It's very different. I think there's a lot more support structure and support networks these days Yeah. that if somebody wanted to, they could, you know, hook up with that. Um, but, you know, recently I was answering ads and <laughs> and I talked to all these Asians, all these Vietnamese especially, and... In Orange County, and they have no idea about Gapson, which is a gay Pacific, yeah. Asian Pacific support network, which is a gay group in LA. Yeah. I mean, or they don't know about the Gay Vietnamese Alliance. I mean, there's thousands of Asians out there who have no connection to the organized gay Asian community. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's like, it's like, how much of it are you seeking out to? I mean, you don't expect these things just to be there, you know? Right. I mean, it's the only thing that's really omnipresent is, you know, God, I guess. Oh, you know, the concept of God. But, um, you know, you have to really seek it out. No, that's what the great thing about this whole, um, you know, technology and all yeah, that yeah. thing is, is that you can find things really easily. That's you true. You can find people really easily. That you have to actually make an affirmative step. You just can't expect, you know, that I want to come out and everyone's going to just sort of show up at my door saying, you know, hooray, here we are. So did you, uh, when you first came to America, you were 18, yeah. uh, and were you out then to your parents, or they figured it out, or what? They sort of figured it out on their own. <laughs> and you said your brother figured it out. Was he old? Someone told my brother. Yeah. Uh, was he older or younger? He's two years older. Yeah. Oh, and uh, was it okay? I mean, with the folks, they didn't, they didn't freak out. No, they were very good about it. Uh huh. The folks oh, are really cool, so. <laughs> Do they, um, do they like you're doing performance art, or do they think that's not bringing in money? or what? Well, you know, my parents are like, you know, typical Chinese parents. They're like afraid of the unknown. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, um, you know, I think they would be a lot, they would feel a lot more secure knowing that I had a steady paycheck coming in. Yeah. Uh, every month or ever so often. 
but uh, I think they also know that I'm happy, which is which is the good part. <laughs> you know, instead of you know, having a steady paycheck and being completely miserable. A happy gay. Yeah. Happy gay gay. <laughs> How about uh, in terms of writing? You know, I just joined the Writers Union recently, uh, a few years ago, and uh, do you ever think of joining things like that? Uh, you know, Writers Union, which uh, you know fights for rights of writers, I guess, mm-hmm. especially over copyright and stuff. You know, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, with these online databases, they are basically stealing people's works and yeah. making lots of money without going to the writer. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever worry about people stealing your work or, or that kind of stuff, or you, you want them to mm. take it or what? Well, I mean, there's, there's sort of, you know, outright stealing, and then, which is not, we're not talking about plagiarism, are we? We're talking no, about I'm just talking about... Uh, like uh, somebody copying or putting in your work on the web. You but know. you know, I mean, I've been at conferences where people tell me they've included my work in readers, and it's like, you know... They never told you before. Right? Yeah, and it's like, thank you very much. <laughs> no, they should pay for that, I would think, because they're selling it, I would think, right? I mean, readers are... Yeah, but at the same time, you know, I mean, I teach, too, at State, and yeah. you know, I don't pay for the work I use. Huh. So, you know, it kind of, it, it's a very... Because you want to keep the price of your readers down for your students. Right, right. Because yeah, it could be like eighty dollars. And then you, the, my yeah. thing is that I really hope that you know that they would sort of be spurned to buy the book, like how I usually am with when I was in college and I had my readers, and I found something in there that I really liked. I would seek the book out. Be inspired to do yeah, that. Yeah. So you know, you kind of hope and you encourage that as a, as an yeah. instructor that you know that if you really the book really sort of resonates, the the selection really resonates. If you go seek the book out. You know, the, in terms of small press versus big press, my well, Mountains is a pretty big press. Oh, yeah. And um, do you feel, you don't feel like you're selling out and uh, <laughs> going to the selling out? You know, it's like, there's <laughs> something really nice about, you know, scrounging for pennies to pay your mastercard <laughs> bill, you know? <laughs> That's true. I mean, people, if there wasn't credit, we would all be dead. The thing, about, the thing about, you know, what people call selling out is that I, I don't think I'm being asked to write a certain kind of work. This is my yeah. work. I, uh-huh. I did not make any concessions or you know anything to get this book out of this press. If they had said to me they wanted a certain kind of work that we we didn't want this, we wanted you know gay travelogues like an Asian version of Edmund White's yeah. book. That you know oh, yeah. I would have had more of a problem with. Right, right, right. Uh, and you know and if I did it, I would have a problem with that. That's kind but of dictating. This was like you know they said yeah. we love the book. We need some more pieces in it. You have to write you know. Eight more essays. Oh, I see. We need, you know, at least another right. fifty-eight more pages. Oh, I see. Um, huh. So, you know, that's very different. And they just they took whatever I gave them. They liked it. Yeah. And they're they're very actively, you know, helping me push it. And it looks like a small press, actually. I mean, the way they publish it, it looks. I mean, it looks very nice. Yeah, it's a little trade paperback. And um, for people who don't know it, it's it's got a picture of a a dog, nether regions. <laughs> disappearing into the back cover. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really cute dog. Yeah. Is it a, your own dog or no? No, it's, it's it's some dog who probably got paid more than I did. <laughs> <laughs> what if the dog signed a consent form? Right. Yeah, dog's probably got a better agent. Yeah. <laughs> photo of dog courtesy of photo disc, it says. Yeah. So I, I guess it was a, you know, one of these royalty free dogs. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you got actually a lot of people, a couple of people writing. Uh, Tim Miller from uh, mm-hmm. this area actually yeah. wrote a, a, a blurb for it. Yeah, and Felice Picano, Picano. wrote a really, really sweet blurb for it. 
no yeah. idea what it means, but it's really good. <laughs> he says the Gonzo Montan of our post Foucault, post Brady Bunch generation. <laughs> That's like so sweet of him. I have no idea what it means, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Post Brady Bunch. That's pretty. I mean, post Brady Bunch was pretty long time ago. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's nice. Uh, do you think uh, what? I mean, do you think they're going to use this in classes? You think there'll be people? Uh, I certainly see? hope so. I know yeah. someone at uh, City College in San Francisco is using it. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, hopefully people will. Hopefully people. Um, I think there are a lot of of newer Asian American studies instructors who who are more willing to. Um, yeah sort of expand your notions of, of what can be taught or what is what is acceptable to, to the students, you know, that, that yeah. the students aren't as fearful as we usually think that they are. Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, over kind of, you know, over conversation among the teachers. They worry too much, actually. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, college is a time where you actually get to, you know, sort of experience new things and, and learn new things. So. Well, how about this new anthology Q and A? Uh, mm -hmm. Your your piece Monsters in it. Yeah, Monsters also opens the mongrel. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, did you look at the other essays? What did you think of the book? Uh, I really think that David and Alice did a very good job. Um, I mean, you know, in the early night, as far as like I guess ninety one or ninety two, ninety you know ninety two, ninety three. If you wanted to look for a gay Asian book and you walked into a bookstore, you could not find anything. You would find individual pieces in anthologies, yeah. but you would not be able to find a book. And so, um, and you know, everyone had to go and read um, Crystal Boys again, and everyone had to go read Passions of the God's Leave again. Um, so, and you know, 92, 93 isn't that long ago. It's only about five years. How about this other book that, uh, you know, the Amerasia book that turned into a book, uh, Asian American Sexualities? Yeah. Or did you like that one or not? Um, there were pieces in it that I really liked, and there were pieces in it that were kind of problematic. But you know, that's the truth of any any anthology. Yeah, yeah. That you that there will be some things that you just sure cannot yeah, you... imagine what what was happening to the editor's head at that time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but but that's what you know anthologies are about. Yeah. Do you want to write a longer book, like a long, uh, what do you call it? Um, Autobiography or a life story or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, life isn't that interesting. Um, it's not that I mean, long I, yet, I'm I working on a book of, of fiction now, actually oh. two books of fiction. So you know, at some point they'll they'll materialize. Yeah. But as far as novel goes, um, you know, I just don't have time. It, you you really need a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of headspace to do these things, and uh, you know, just sort of. Scrounging a living and everything else does not, I know, does yeah. not give you that, that headspace or that time. Well, we're getting to the end of our time. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll be up in the Bay Area. I'll give you a ring. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you, Justin, no problem. for uh, being on the show. Uh, we're getting to close our show. Okay. So thanks a lot. Thanks I'll a lot. keep in touch. No problem. Bye bye. Bye. Uh, that was uh, Justin Chin, the uh, author of a new book of essays it's called Mongrel. Uh, essays, Diatribes, and Pranks uh, from St. Martin's um, Stonewall Inn Classics uh, line uh, that just came out uh, a few weeks ago. And so we're happy to have him on the show. Uh, this is Subversity here on KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. 
we uh, we're now on the web, so you can write us at KUCI dot uh, uh, look at us at KUCI uh, at KUCI slash tilde D T S A N G. Thanks, uh, John, for uh, engineering. Uh, let's get uh, to this other program that's coming up. Um, it's called uh, Raising Your Children. You've been listening to Subversity with Dan Zhang, a KUCI 88.9 FM public affairs program that penetrates the orange curtain. You can find us on the web, www.kuci.org slash tilde DTSANG slash subversity. Or you can send us email at subversity at kuci.org. <laughs>